Welcome everyone to another episode of Out of Character with Jupiter Sanders. I am Jupiter Sanders and today, this episode, we're going to talk about white hats. And I have people who have been here before and I brought them back again because they are experts on this topic, I feel anyway. I have Zakara, who is the admin for the Shadowrun Living Community Neon Jungle. Hello. I have Ash. I have Bamps, the Without a Net creator. Oh, don't give me all of the blame. <laughs> and I have Oz, who is the Without a Net sound editor for the podcast, as well as the wonderful Philip Wiesel in Call of Cthulhu and Art in our upcoming Vampire the Masquerade game. And an all-around terrible human being. Hi, everybody. So I'm going to spring this on you. I did not mention earlier that I was going to do this. So I would like each of you, we'll start with Sakar and go the same way I introduced all of you. I would like you to give me your definition of what a white hat is. Oh, you're going to put me on the spot, aren't you? Yeah. So a white hat to me is a person who does the right thing, for lack of a better term. They don't always go about it in the right way, but in their mind, they are doing the thing that they are doing because it's right, as opposed to, I guess, wrong. Okay. Ash? Delusional. Someone who hasn't quite come to terms with what they are yet in the terms of settings like Shadowrun. Interesting. Bams. Well, I think we should first define the term white hat and what exactly... That's what I'm saying. I'm asking you to No, no, no. I meant, the like, term. the actual term where it comes from, like, white hat hackers who may do illegal things like hacking into places to to steal a bunch of information to, to prove that they did a thing or something along those lines. Okay. Well, you've done that. I did. Okay. Now, what is your definition? I look at it as a character, be it a player character or a NPC, that has a viewpoint that runs opposed to the general themes of a setting. And now I'm being immediately judged for it. I can hear it. Nope, I'm writing it down. Oh. And Oz. It is a character that is going to put themselves in harm's way for really no reason like they're 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 about doing the right thing and the right thing in that case is going to expose them to unnecessary risk and the reward more or less isn't there so they're throwing away their lives for good feelings good feelings okay all right thank you so there are many different rpgs out there lots of different settings what would you say bamps as a, uh, as, a, as a GM who's jammed many systems, what would you say is the most fitting for the white hat style of play and which is the absolute don't do it in this setting? As in, which does the, the counter setting concept work best? Well, yeah, if you want to play, if you want to play the white hat, what setting's really going, according to your definition, what setting is going to accentuate and be good for that kind of gameplay and what setting are you really is is it absolutely running opposed to it typically it would be anything that is 
generally negative in atmosphere. Things like Shadowrun, obviously, because it's a corporate dystopia where everything sucks. Something like Deadlands, where it is a weird west. No real rules, because it's based upon that American Western timeline with weird magic science stuff going on and horrible creatures that exist, where... Sure, you could be like that one cowboy who rides into town on a horse with no name and, you know, puts all the, you know, disrupts the whole society that's living there. So it's it's typically the one shining light in in the darkness that runs counter to the darkness that's pretty normal. Something like World of Darkness, actually, speaking of all the times of using darkness, where, like, you know, if you have a, you could literally have a vampire who is trying to be Batman, where they try to only feed off of criminals and they lurk on rooftops and you know, try to be the good guy. But in reality, they're monsters that eat people. Stuff like that. Stuff that's like, you're playing a bad guy and you're trying to force this concept of somebody that's trying to do good, even though it's probably going to bite you in the ass and not actually work out like there's a reason that these worlds suck right and that's because when you try to do good you draw attention and when you draw attention you get smacked down okay so ash you said in your definition that uh, you find white hats to be delusional and they just haven't come to terms yet with who they are in that setting and i know you're talking about the characters so isn't there a i mean isn't that a character development thing that could actually enhance the story and the gameplay to have a character who's a white hat and is kind of going against the theme. As as Bamp says, that's what it is. It's going against the theme. So isn't it, could it be a good RP story character development thing, mechanic, if you will? Yes, I actually do believe that. In fact, I will do my favorite thing in the world, which is to reference my own characters. One of my characters, which a few of you are familiar with, I think would fit that mold, where when she started out, she was very idealistic. She thought that she could do the right thing and still be a Shadowrunner within that setting. It was only after some very hard lessons that she came to terms with the fact of what she was, which is a monster. You know, in, in, in the beginning, she started out, you know, never killed anybody, uh, you know, always tried to uh, choose the side of the job that would leave the least people hurt and the most people happy, as happy as you can be in that situation. But yes, I, I do believe it provides opportunity for character development. But I also believe that whenever you're playing systems like that, the inevitability is that you will see yourself as the villain that you are. Okay. Bamps, you have an opinion. I have many opinions. Okay. However, <laughs> this specific opinion is that people may say that that's what they want, that they want that character development opportunity. They want to have this Mary Sue with her happy-go-lucky attitude be brought low and like crushed by the world. And out of all of the games that I've played and the characters I've run into and all this, Mary Sue is actually the only person who actually wanted their characters' lives ruined instead of just saying, like, this is what I want to play and experience, and then that not actually being what they want. Okay. So, Kara, what do you say to that? 
Well, this comes to my opinion of white hats in general. I don't think that a white hat necessarily has to accept that they are a bad person or even be a bad person in some cases. I don't believe that is the set end game. That is not always what has to happen. It depends on the game. It depends on what you're playing and how you play it and who you're playing with. And Ash, I'm going to go back to you since these two have both had a comment based on your answer. My first objection is more of like in my own defense uh, to what what Bam said. The character I was referring to uh, didn't start out that way. I actually didn't mean to play her. So I wasn't like going in with the specific goal. I sort of stumbled into that one. My second objection is more to Zarkara's point of that you don't even really have to be a villain. I would say that in when playing games like this, if you were playing them on their, I guess you would call it their default setting, the whole point is that you are a bad guy. That's not to say it's impossible to play a good guy within these settings, but you would have to essentially be participating in a game that is specifically designed around being a good guy in these settings. As I'm going to tell you a quote a player at my table once said when we were discussing when we had our zero session, and I want you to give me your thoughts on this quote. Whenever I do anything bad in character, As a person, I feel guilty. Emotions are terrible. (laughs) Yeah, you just got to get rid of those. (laughs) Yeah. So I will say that to the person who wrote that quote, you do you. I understand it. I I do have a a twinge of empathy somewhere in this black heart of mine. Oh, wait, no. (laughs) Sorry, that's Bams's. I I get that, but there are times when I want to make a character who's just going to straight be without morality. They may have ethics, they've got job ethics, stamp had ethics, but having the ability to turn off that empathy and just be like, okay, imaginary person, you are now going to get ventilated through the skull because you have a wallet that I want, or just as easily because we're keeping with Shadowrun here taking the jobs that are definitely going to hurt people that are on your level. Because if you don't take the job, somebody else will, one. So now you're hungry and they're still getting hurt. And two, if you really want to be the white hat, then take that money from doing all that filthy work and do something to help your community. And as 5th edition Saturn was ending, people were throwing out books in order to give suggestions to do exactly that. Zakara, what do you what do you have to say about either that quote or Oz's response? I'll say I'll, I'll talk about the quote in a second, but the response to that is Shadowrun's an easy target here because this happens in other games that are not as dystopian or dark as Shadowrun. This happens in D and D. This happens in gosh, I can't think of any system. This happened in my Starfinder game that I was running. About half your players will skew towards being terrible people and some of them don't and then there's conflict within the group and you have to as a gm you have to balance that and in a home game it's easy and living community it's even it's hard but i think if we keep using shadowrun as an example we're doing this topic a disservice because shadowrun... we're not going to keep shadowrun as an example i think many of the people here are using that since that's their biggest frame of reference and probably where they run in it run into it the most. But definitely, no, I, I understand your point. We're not going to stay on on that at all. No. 
I, I don't agree that that's where you run into it most. I think it happens. I think it happens more in a traditional fantasy style game than it does. You have the one player who wants to play the paladin, and everybody else wants to be in that. Uh, well, I was going to say something bad, but <laughs> wants to be a jerk. That's okay. And... They want to be the asshole. Yeah, the asshole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get it. And that is that is you know something that that happened. And as to as for the quote, like. Feeling bad because you did something bad in an imaginary game is, I don't know. I don't. I play White Hats a lot. That's my my default setting. Mm-hmm. That's part of why you have asked mm-hmm. me here. But like, I also have played terrible characters, and I don't. I can get emotional in the moment about something, but I also have the ability to let that go. And if you are playing these games and you are getting that emotionally. Like it sticks with you like that, maybe you should consider playing in a different game where you don't have to do <laughs> those kinds of things. Like seriously. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I feel that's very much a uh, a weird, not a weird, but that's a that's a an attachment that I'm surprised that player has to his imaginary character. That means he's got a, a strong tie. Oz, you had a, a response. Uh, yes, I had a couple of responses. One, I'm never going to knock somebody getting overly emotionally attached to their character because I think that's that's what keeps people coming back to the table. If they've got that emotional attachment and things happen and they get those feelings for those characters, it builds a better story. I will say it builds a better story probably about six times out of ten. Mm-hmm. And uh, I almost feel that we kind of need to make a, a delineation here because Zakara said something that was really interesting at that you know you'll have the one guy playing the paladin and then you've got a table of asshats who just want to fart around and not even be evil but be psychotic and so going back to the initial start of this interview this, this panel is your player a white hat or is the character the white hat because well having four asshats playing psychos they're not being bla- they're not being black hats they're just being terrible players and those guys get ejected if you've got somebody who is playing a black hat character that is something else and i feel like that distinction needs to be made okay i'm done ash you had did you have anything sort of a question but also a clarification i've been speaking in regards to white hats specifically within dystopian settings like Shadowrun and cyberpunk and things like that White hats and other systems are great. You know, you said it kind of at the top of the episode, you know, D&D, that's pretty much your bread and butter for white hats and things like that. So, you know, my comments so far pertaining to like, oh, yeah, white hats are delusional. That mostly had to do with white hats existing within settings where uh, the environment towards such characters is hostile. Gosh, I wish I could object bamps you have a D. <laughs> mm, i'm the facilitator i can't break bamps you had uh, something about D then in D, the white hat is the default setting mm-hmm. you're not you're not playing against the grain you you are the grain you are 100 percent the the status quo sure people say that they play air quotes evil D games you know they'll have their evil characters or whatever I've never seen that work. Mm-mm. No, no, I, I have not. Nine times out of ten, it devolves into the the psychopath situation that Oz had mentioned, where it's like, ha ha, people trying to be mustache twirlingly evil and instead just come off frankly pathetic. Well, I mean, 
one man's psychopath is another man's evil genius. No. Uh, that's <laughs> no? not how that works. Oh, okay. Um, yes, Ash. What do you have to say? Babs, I 100% agree with you. In fact, in one of my games where I am a on-again, off-again player, I am actually playing an evil character who has to be good, more or less, simply because everyone else in the party is good. So I'm a politely evil man who more or less goes along with what the group does just because he needs to, and he just kind of does evil on the side. There's a saying, right, for the situation of being the solo evil person. Treat people like mushrooms. Keep them in the dark. Feed them shit. And I like to add the caveat at the end of occasionally use them to kill your enemies. That is exactly pebbles. So, yeah, 100%. White hats in cyberpunk dystopian settings like Shadowrun. Or even, let's just say, in the setting of aliens. Let's just say somebody is just going to go against the group, basically. And do, or, you know, or, or is just going to be that good guy, no matter what they, you know, they're always going to do the right thing. What's the, I, I, I think in aliens, it's probably a little harder to be a true white hat. I think Cookie got very close when we played to being that I'm going to believe everybody and ride this out and ha believe in, in people are going to do the right thing. But I still think it was kind of, more is it more difficult in a horror system like call of cthulhu or or aliens to play white hat or black hat or are you kind of just gray hat in those alien is not a strictly horror genre right it it has elements of horror because you can have elements of multiple things however it's a corporate dystopia very similar to how shadowrun is because you have the corporate people who work for the corporation and are the kind of people that will purposefully impregnate a person with a alien in order to get it through customs, like because they want the profit margins to use this thing as a as a weapon down the line. Sure, it's it's harder because they have these creepy monsters that sneak around in vents and eat people and you get kidnapped and bad stuff happens and it's spooky and you're you're disempowered because that's how one of the the hallmarks of horror is that you know, you're, it weakens you in a, in opposition to whatever it is you're against. And the aliens have all of the, all of these advantages because you know they're space monsters. But things like cutting corners with the various synthetics that makes them freak out and kind of kill people is is more of a corporate dystopian thing. Stuff like the corporate man who is doesn't care about anybody else is more of that dystopian thing and specifically for for the moment they are more akin to the one evil D, D character in a group of goody goodies because the other people are just trying to collect a paycheck right that's all they want they don't care about the actual politics that are going on but they're in a situation that has she'll call drastically changed their life expectancy yeah <laughs> there's a pressure yeah something's going on and it's not good <laughs> Oz, do you want it to um, and I'm going to go Oz, Ash, and then I'm going to come back to Zakar because he does have a point but I think it's going to change our subject not our subject, but it, we're going to move on so Oz? Okay, sure so in the Alien role-playing game that, that just came out and I ran over Halloween 
there is no such thing as a white hat. There is only somebody who is gullible. Because in the alien setting, like there are no ethics, there are no morals, there's just survival. And sure, like in, in the movie Pitch Black, I mean, the the pilot comes back for Riddick and ends up getting eaten for her trouble. And she didn't have to do that. She did. It was pointless. It was it was white hat as hell. But with Alien, everybody has to be out for themselves. Space is a terrible place. It's hard. It's you're hungry. You're you're fed on nothing but shitty free coffee. And mechanically, when you make your characters an alien, you have your own motivations, your own your own goals. You you have your own objectives that will run counter to everyone else, especially if you're playing like a one-off. I mean, Bams's character his in the alien game his his goal was to literally heroically sacrifice himself to save the rest of the crew that was his motivation ash can't really comment on the alien rpg because i haven't played it yet but it sounds like some of you have and if anyone wanted to like maybe run it for me that'd be super awesome but anyway uh i digress i will be devil's advocate here and i will speak on my knowledge of the alien movies Probably one of like the coolest sequences in cinema history is also one of the biggest white hat moments in Aliens when Ellen Ripley charges into the alien hive to save the little girl. I forgot what her name was, but anyway, that's Newt. 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 Yeah, I will. Uh, I will freaking flip sides here for a second and say that uh, white hatting in a dystopian setting can be badass. This is not based on any RPG knowledge because, as I said before, I have not played that game yet, but. I have seen that movie several times, and it is very good. Zakara, what did you want to? You want to bring it back about white hats and what you 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 were stating uh, in the chat that being a white hat doesn't mean being stupid. What do you mean by this? There's a common thing that happens when you are playing the lawful good character, or you're playing the character who's good, where everybody assumes that you are gullible and you are dumb. And you aren't, and you, and it also assumes that you aren't willing to kick ass, to say the word, to the least. In a survival horror kind of genre, which Alien falls into, also Calls of Duty falls into, you're, there's less, I feel, room for white hatting, unless you are playing a long game. Because what ends up happening is everybody's just surviving or trying to meet goals, and those goals tend to run counter, like has been said. But playing a character who is who is trying to like encourage people and move around doesn't mean I guess doesn't mean like those people are stupid or gullible. It just means that hey, this person is a nice person. Is it is being a is being a white hat? Is being a nice person mean you're you're a white hat, or does it or is that just something completely different? So let me pose this question to everybody: the white hat phenomenon appears to be placing maybe your own personal real world morals feelings emotions or you know how you feel a person should behave in society onto a make believe imaginary character would you agree or disagree with that oz no i don't i don't let any of my characters eat mushrooms do you think other people do do you see this at a table? You have been a GM and a player at many tables. Do you feel people allow their real-world moral compass to be inserted into their fantasy character? Oh, absolutely. Okay. 
Vamps? 200%. There are all kinds of stories that I'm sure we all have where it's talking about. I go back to a story a friend of mine said where he was running a game where it was like, kill these people and they kill the first person and the one guy's like, oh, I lean over the edge of the elevator shaft, they just pushed him down and they video, they cyber eye record him falling to his death. And then the next person that they had to kill was when they found them was sitting in the living room through normal glass, watching the TV with their child. And they couldn't do it because they were superimposing their real world values onto this character. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ash, what do you think? I definitely think that probably what most of it is. I think another bit of it is, is that people are used to, and you know, stories, movies, TV shows, whatever is, you know, characters are heroic so kind of the mindset going into any game where you're going to be inhabiting another characters you want to be the good guy plus you know yeah it is it is very difficult for us to separate what we know to be right and wrong or at least what we're taught to be right and wrong from a society in our real lives it's hard to separate that from our fictional lives whenever we're playing a game sakara yes and no yes and no please explain no because I dislike the idea that people who are criminals or who are supposed to be whatever don't have any feelings or morals. I mean, sure, some people do, and some some people don't. You have those psychopaths out there, but for the most part, in a game such as Shadowrun, those people are like actual people trying to get by. You put them in a situation where they have to kill somebody's parent. I'm I I would think that would give a lot of people pause. I don't care how much of a hardened criminal you are. And I feel like it's a disservice to say this is real world morals because often what happens is the person who is dragging their feet, it doesn't change the outcome of the story because that person either doesn't do anything about it or just screw, it just goes away and then... And then the thing happens anyways, in which case I don't, I wouldn't call them a white hat because they didn't do anything about this, this terrible thing that they didn't want to see happen. All right. So I see objections the there. No, no, no. Objection. You said yes and no. So did you answer completely on your yes? I mean, so yes, yes. The other side, yes, because like everybody inserts real world, like everybody's characters. I don't, I don't care how many characters you've made. You insert some of yourself in, everybody's, in, in every character you make. That is the way that's the way you make characters and that's how you connect to those characters like so whether so every, obviously that's that's kind of a loaded question because you everybody does that not really though because and i'll get to ash and and oz in a moment but is it is is it really a loaded question because i can insert a part of me in my character but it doesn't mean i have to insert my moral code i mean sure that's something i don't have to put in I mean, the moral code, but, but the like, white hat seems to put it in. I, but I don't think that's I don't think that's the cause of like that's not that's not a cause. People adding their own moral code. I feel like even the Harvard criminals would some of the stuff that people ask them to do, especially in a game called like Shadowrun, where you are put into some horrific setting. That's part of the setting. You are supposed to test your characters, players, give them things that they have to think about. And somebody, somebody who, like Bamps' example, where this parent and their child are sitting there and you have to kill the parent, 
well, I mean, I'm sure that some people in this in this call would say, yeah, kill, do it. But other people would take a second and most of them would probably still do it. Others would walk away and, you know, and personally, I have I have three active characters right now. Two of them would probably try to do something about stopping people. One of them would just do it. So it's, you know, it's it's a line. Okay. Ash, did you want to make a comment? Yeah, mostly to what Zerkara was saying about the idea of these characters, maybe the belief that, you know, they lack the feelings or the emotion, things like that. I think that any character that you play, unless you are playing like a cyber zombie or a completely emotionless thing, you're going to have that emotional attachment. You know, you may have a character that does something terrible and they feel bad about it later or something like that. The point is, is that in settings like that, whenever you have a character that is placed in situations like that, part of them is okay with what they are doing. Or at the very least, they allowed themselves to pursue the lifestyle that would put them in the position that they're in. Okay. Oz, you made eyes. Did you have something to say or were you just feeling guilty? I mean, I don't I don't feel <laughs> guilt, but it you did remind me. Okay. <laughs> well, I when when Zakara said that, you know, most people would have a problem, you know, putting a bullet into a, a parent in front of their kid. <laughs> I'm, I'm reminded that I did exactly that. Actually, what I did was, again, this is a Shadowrun game because this is where all the, all the fun dystopia stuff is. Mm-hmm. I had a street Sam and they were given a list of 10 people to kill. And he didn't ask any questions. He just grabbed his part of the list. He went, he shanked somebody in an alleyway, walked away. And then one of his targets was a 10-year-old girl in Bellevue, which is a high security area. He did not hesitate to bake cupcakes with Rufinol in them. So she would get knocked out and then he drowned her in the bathtub, walked away. Didn't even think about it, felt no guilt, got paid. So that is a black hat, but that at is, the same time, as you are able to play a white hat character, I've I've seen you play the hero, and I'm going to get to you, Zakara. I'm going to get to you. I just am trying to clean up Oz's persona right now. I don't want anybody listening to think he's he's a psychopath, but he's played good guys. He's played heroes. When? Ichneel. Oh, okay. Yeah, Neil. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Ichneel. Ichneel Tinoman. Yeah, Ichneel to no man, ninth in, ninth in the line of Neil. Yes, he was a wonderful, wonderful half-orc. Yes, he was a half- yes. I wanted to make him a full orc, but full orc wasn't in the uh, in the D&D playlist. And yeah, he was, he had a very rigid code. This is right, this is wrong. And I think the, the, the big thing that made it wrong was, if you were going to, if you're going to hurt somebody who didn't deserve it, then I'm going to, smack you in the face and he did a lot of that sakara you are objection filled right now i have two things okay <laughs> first uh comment on ash, ash the idea that a person not to, it being in a situation that they don't have any control of is i think one of the tenets of these kinds of games where you are put in the situation where i gotta get by this is what i'm doing oh my god i'm doing this now is this actually what I want to do? I don't think that's... I think that is one of the core tenets of those kinds of games. It's like you are put in situations where you don't have any control over what it is you can and can do. Oftentimes, especially in Shadowrun, running isn't a choice. It is something that is thrust upon you. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And Oz, I have a question for you in regards to your story. <laughs> uh-huh. Why did he roofie her? Why didn't he just put two bullets in her head? Because they were in area. Bellevue. It was a AAA <laughs> security area. If he fires two shots, he's got less than 60 seconds before the cops show up. Yeah. But if, okay. he, if he knocks her to sleep, if he knocks her to sleep, runs the bath, and just leaves her in there, by the time her dock wagon bracelet goes off, he's already over the wall under Redmond. So they have no way to track him down. So it wasn't out of... Instead of just choking her out or stabbing her with a knife, you roofied her and let her drown after she was passed out, not out of some misplaced sense of mercy, so she didn't have to experience that terror? That's that's exactly right. It's If if this was a girl in, heck, if it was in Tacoma, she, he would have just shanked her and walked away. That's what he did in the alleyway with some Steffershack employee. She got her keys out and went, and that was it. It was about... Being quiet and making it was pra- it was being pragmatic, not a sense of I can't shank a little girl. Believe me, this character could have shanked a little girl. I mean, I mean, fair enough. But in the context of this conversation and the way you told that story, like what I took out of that story was, oh, he actually did this because he didn't like. I don't know anything about your character. I don't know anything about the game you were playing. So, me hearing this killer who just killed this first person, went to this other person's house, baked them cookies, and then knocked them out to kill them is kind of that's that's a that's a few too many steps for me for you I, to just yeah. be like Okay. I, I understand that. As the person who ran that game, it was one hundred percent self serving. Fair enough. Ash, do you have an objection to an objection? Well first I wanna say that whole story just kind of that was ice cold, goddamn like <laughs> I don't know about that. It's really a good story, though. My objection to my to the objection was to Zarkara's opinion that the character who is in a situation that they don't want to be in or have no choice in being in as being the default. I respectfully disagree with that. I would say that, and again, I'm going to use Shadowrun because it's it's where most of my experience with this kind of thing is. Most of the Shadowrunners that I have either played as or played with could probably make it without having to be Shadowrunners. It might not be quite as lucrative, but they could do it. I would say that unless you have like a Cortex bomb in your head, or you, I don't know, someone has like a hold over your family or something, you always have a choice in the matter. Sakara, rebuttal. So the choice isn't always the obvious choice, is it? Like... Let's let's set this up. So you 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 are a new Shadowrunner. You're excited. You're like, I'm gonna do crime, right? And you get this job from the Johnson, and the Johnson says, "Go to this place and blow up this building. Don't worry, it's empty." And you're like, "Okay, I'll go do that." And you go to this building. You find out it's not empty. It's full to the brim of people. Do you do the job or do you not? Again, that's not that's the we're not here to, to make people make <laughs> right. a choice and then defend right. it. But like, we're not asking people to defend what they would do. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. But like, okay. the choice there is: do you say no? I'm not going to do this job, and you walk away, thus yeah. brandishing yourself as a white hat, or do you just do the job? And I would say, like, that is a situation where you didn't have a choice. You have a choice. You, you can get clear to the that room. Di- I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, this is a, this is a bad. All right, I we're def- going off the rails. We're going off the rails. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop. We're gonna go on. Babs, I'm gonna go to you. 
<laughs> We're all off the rails. You're getting me riled up, and I'm trying not to get riled up. All right, bam. Am I continuing off the rails, or are we moving on to the next subject? <laughs> uh, you you said you have an agreement. You can comment. I, I, if it's going to take us further off the rails, then I would rather Okay, let's, let's not get into it then, because it will okay. take us further down those tracks. All right. So I'm going to ask a question, and I want everybody to be very honest. Have you played GTA, Grand Theft Auto, the video game? Oh, God, Grand. yes. A grand total of maybe five hours through okay. all GTAs. Uh, Zakara, Oz, Ash. I have played GTAs uh, three, Vice City, and Andreas four and five, and specifically online, which gets even more psychotic. Mm-hmm. Zakara. Yeah. Ash. Uh, I think I'm about with Oz. Yeah, all of those. Okay. And in that game, did you guys drive the speed limit, obey traffic uh, signals? And when you hit a car, did you stop and, you know, leave a note? Did you not run over people? If you did, did you call an ambulance? I I mean, seriously. I I understand understand what you're getting at here, but I don't. No, no, no. Go ahead and answer. No, answer. Do did you? I mean, the answer is of course. Play the game. I mean, the answer is of course I didn't, but I didn't create that character either. I'm just playing in the game. No, you. All right, but you're playing the skin. You you still have full control over what that character does. Yet you had no problem, right? You have no problem. Players have no problem doing horrific things in video games. Why doesn't that transfer over to the RPG? It's different. How? In a, so specifically Grand Theft Auto, you are almost always a terrible person. Like those people are terrible people, and. They are generally psychotic and cold-blooded killers, whatever. And that is the character you're playing. And you can play that game as good as you want until you get into missions. And then you have to do terrible things. And that's just the gameplay loop. But you don't have to. <laughs> but but you, you do if you want to actually play the game. You have to get to... In order to progress in the game, you have to do terrible things. That's just the way those games are. Mm-hmm. And... An RPG, that is a character that I've probably spent the better part of a month putting together. Mm-hmm. That is a character that I have probably stayed up nights thinking about their backstory and how I want things to go and deciding how I want progression to go. That is a character that I'm either very comfortable in their skin or I know what it is, what motivates them and how they go. And if my character isn't the terrible person in GTA... And I'm not going to treat that character, do the character disservice by playing like the GTA character. Okay, Ash. Yeah, he sort of got. Okay, my so you you agree that to too. that then? Your again though, it comes down to players putting their moral compass into their kind kind of. I I would say that again with with games like GTA. As Zarkar said, you know, if you want to play that game and you want to get the most out of that game, you have to play by its rules, which is to, you know, run people over, things like that. You can actually, like, I don't think you can leave pe- like notes on cars if you hit them or anything, but you can. No, you can. Speed limit. You can obey traffic laws. Yeah, I know. You can. You can, you can yeah. obey traffic laws. You can if, go the speed limit. You can still do the things and still be a good member of society while doing them. Exactly. So, you know, you can do all of those things. Heck, even if like you run over a person or something, you can sit there and wait for the cops to come and get you. 
you know, like a good law-abiding citizen. In an RPG where you're creating a character, you don't have to play by those rules. You can mm -hmm. come to an agreement on what the rules of the world are, and then mm -hmm. you can play by those rules. But that offers a lot more flexibility than a video game would. Video games, for the most part, are very scripted as far as how you are supposed to behave. There's lots of games that have, you know, choices, options, free, you know, all that kind of stuff. But more or less, at the end of the day, you're still playing a video game by its rules. Okay. Sakar? If I'm sitting down to play a video game, it's I'm not sitting down for the same reason I'm sitting down to play an RPG, a tabletop RPG. Okay. In most cases, mm -hmm. so like to uh, to have to play a game like GTA, I'm just sitting down to a mindless whatever nonsense that game's gonna throw at me. Whereas if I'm playing a tabletop RPG, there's something more I want to get out of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, Bamps or Oz, do you have anything before I move on? Playing something like Grand Theft Auto is not your story. Okay, it's the story that somebody wrote somewhere, mm -hmm. and. Okay that you don't have any control of how that plays out. Something like Mass Effect, where it had like a, a Paragon and Renegade system, or Bioshock had like a a good guy, bad guy scale and stuff. There are games that try to incorporate that, but at the end of the day, you still only have the roads that are laid out in front of you. Mm -hmm. You know, when your character in a video game comes up to a hedge maze, you have no choice but to to go through the hedge mage, where in tabletop RPG, I'm going to break out my grappling hook and I'm going to get up on top of this hedge maze and just be like, nah, I'm not, uh, I'm not doing that. So, Bams, you brought up that you've had one person play, like, kind of as a, a white hat that was willing to be beaten down, and that was Mary Sue. And I, I, I played that character, and I, I, be honest, all of you, do you think me as a person? is a nice, empathetic, compassionate person. You have your moments. Of being a nice person or of not? Of not. <laughs> okay. All right. But for the most part, I'm not a psycho killer that guns people Correct. down. Correct. Yes. Okay. All right. Zakari, you disagree. Mary Sue is not a white hat. Why? Mary Sue is not a white hat because everything she does is mostly self-serving. So now you're defining white hats as doing things for the greater good of all, not for themselves. They're not selfish. It's not that they aren't selfish, but I don't think Mary Sue qualifies because okay. she, most of the things she did were not particularly good things. And she, most of the stuff that she was doing was self-serving. There were a few moments of, of that, but for the most part, I think... I think if anybody in that group was a white hat, it would be Boz. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with yeah. that, but white hat is uh, yeah, Boz. Boz was 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 our white hat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I brought up Mary Sue because she specifically went into it in reference to the comment of like wanting to be a nice person. Character has... developed, yeah, a nice yeah. person that was being beaten down. All right, so I'll tell you about a, a game, a Shadowrun game I'm in. In this game, I play a psionic mage. In this game, my character has antipathy. During a run, the team messed up, things went bad, and I told one other player's character, and this player character was okay with it. I said, take the shot, shoot the driver. They shot the driver, killed him. We then found out later on that the driver had his young daughter in the cab with him. The daughter was not hurt. 
I was okay with it. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. My character was okay with it. I'm okay with it. Afterwards, the team had to get together and they they tried to shame not only my character, but me as well. I should feel some kind of guilt. Now, my character was in the clear because antipathy. Can't register. It's fine. Me as a player didn't feel guilty either because that person wasn't real and neither was the child in the cave. So, Zakara, when you have a player at the table who does something that you really don't agree with, either in character or out of character, how do you handle it? Like I said, these guys in character gathered together and tried to, you know, say, that was bad. Why did you do that? And I was unapologetic. So what would you do? How do you guys handle that when you have one player doing something that goes against your grain? My player or GM in the scenario? As a player. As a player, I don't think so out of character, A. I don't think anybody should shame anybody for how they play a character, either white hat or black hat or anything between. That's not cool out of character. In character, depending it would depend on the character. Like if I wanted to have a character moment where my character confronted yours about what happened, great. We could have that interaction conversation. I don't expect you to change your character's viewpoint to mine or anything like that, but like that interaction fun, but I'm I'm not gonna shame you about it. My character might be heated and grumpy or whatever, that's fine, but there's a big difference between in character and out of character. Out of character, there's somebody shaming you for something that that's not that cool for me. Okay. Ash? Did shooting the driver facilitate the team's safe extrication? Yes. Uh shame on the other members of the team. Your character did what they had to do, and they are all alive because of it. Mm-hmm. So they really, in that situation, they have no position to to shame anyone in or out of character. Yeah, that's that's literally the name of the game right there. Well, it felt like so. Here, here's the the thing. It felt like the players felt that since I so casually did it in character, that it. It felt like they thought I, as a person, condoned it or would do it. And it was like, am I, like, it was a weird feeling to go through. So I'm curious if if morality in a game, do do we take it a little too far and and start late, like, put, thinking that, well, if they can so casually do this in a game, could they do it in real life? Oh, okay. Maybe perhaps I misunderstood. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying no. May, I mean, maybe. I'm just I, telling I, you that's I, what it felt like. Like it was this weird feeling. Yeah. To, I mean, maybe. Like to, to say that. Oh, this person, you know, did this horrific thing in game. I wonder if they'd be into it in real life. I mean, it's a thing where you know, real life psychopaths usually live out their fantasies in a fictional setting or some sort of controlled environment where, you know, there's no actual damage being done before they move on, if they move on, to actually committing, like, horrific acts against people and and, and living things in real life. That's absolutely a thing, but I don't think that's the default, you know. And out of character, if, you know, your players had a, an objection with what you did, then that's an out-of-character conversation to have. In character, yeah, you know, if 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 something happens in the game and, you know, everyone feels kind of weird about it, then yeah, have a conversation about it. That's happened plenty of times in every game that I've been in. I remember uh, 
Shadowrun game I GM'd, a player character took a very direct and easy way out of a job by putting a gun to the back of a mark and shooting them in the back of the head. And later on, the team was a little bit irked about that, about how casually uh, that character did it. But, you know, at the end of the day, the job was to kill that person. So, you know, that, that character did what they needed to do in order to finish the job. You know, I don't think anybody shamed that person out of character. In character, he got a little bit of flack, but, you know, they all moved on. They were able to get, get, get on with the game. Sakara, you have a thing? I think I think it actually, actually covered it, but I just wanted to say, like, definitely out of character, there's no reason to shame anybody for character. Your character choices are yours, and you are allowed to make those choices for good or ill. Mm-hmm. In character, I don't think saying that you are not allowed to have characters dislike what your character's doing is okay. Like, if, like you said, you cleared one player where maybe the other character's weren't aware of what you were going to do and they had a problem and they wanted to have an interactive conversation. That doesn't sound like what happened because what happened sounds pretty icky actually, but I don't think having a conversation in character should be disallowed because a thing, but I think Ash circled around and made that point. So I don't. So I, I, there's no weirdness with the uh, table. The table's fine. It was just this weird feeling like they out of character. They were just like, this is really dark. And my character has done dark things, torturing someone by just, you know, beta force choking them. But that's what she does. And in her world, it's normal. And the players out of character are like, this is kind of dark. And it's like, do you need me to change it? Because I'll change it if it makes you uncomfortable. No, it's just dark. Cool. Let's move along. So, and that brings up something else. You know, I'm 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 a I'm a good person every day and sometimes I just want to get my angst out. So when I play a fantasy game, especially playing that character, it's a great outlet to do horrible things just to get the angst out. What's so wrong about doing these horrible things at a table? And 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 like what's wrong with doing that? Like no the only, the only people that see it are the other five people. So then can a can a white hat, can a person who wants to be that good guy can he go to the dark side and what's so wrong about doing it? There's nothing wrong about going to the dark side. Like if that's the game that you're playing, that's the game you're playing. But there's also nothing wrong with wanting to be a character who wants to feel good about something, which is the other side of that. So like, I don't feel like I never like to tell people they should play character a certain way or anything, but like, if you want to play the dark side of that, then play that. That's perfectly fine with me. I don't care. As if I'm playing a character, like, this is a pre-game discussion before we even get to a game. Like, are we playing the dark character? Because if I want to be the white hat, I have to be able to play as that. And I can't I can't play as that everybody else is going to be going to be a jerk. And if, unless that is what I want, unless the, the, that conflict that constant conflict is what I want. If that's what I want, that's that's something else. But like that's a pre that's a that's a session zero discussion before the game even gets started. Okay, so let's say because you you're a, you're a self-confessed you you play the white hat role at a, in in character quite often. I'm not going to say all the time, but quite often. Fair so enough. if if at a table you have a player that says during the zero session, yeah, I'm cool doing this way. But then something happens throughout the game and their story that has them 
kind of start doing these other more leaning toward the black hat, you as a white hat can appreciate that story and work with it, correct? Yeah, of course. Like, okay. obviously, my character would, if found out, whatever, we'd have that conflict, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And how that plays out would be one of the great parts of telling a story. I don't have a problem telling those stories. I like telling those stories. That's part of the fun mm-hmm. of playing the white hat for me. Mm-hmm. So you aren't against players in character doing hor- horrifying acts. No. As, as long as it's not for the lulls. Right. I mean, like... There, there's a there's a point where there's a point where I feel like we draw the line and we need to kind of with anything. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like for the most part, if you are playing a character and as long as what you are playing in the character makes sense to you as a player of that character, do it. That's that's generally my my stand as a player and GM. And and speaking of GM, all of you are GMs. What do you do? When let's just say the the you know the table of five, w- there four are gray hats, one is white hat, and that one is just really calling the shots and inserting not only their moral compass into their character but into the entire table, and and basically removing agency from other players by telling them basically being like a den mother. How do you as a GM have that conversation to kind of fix that? As the kids say, yeet. <laughs> yeet them out. Okay. <laughs> I think it depends. Uh, car, yeah, go ahead. So I've seen this scenario in two situations. One of them was with you and one of them was with the table I was running. And so I feel like there is, there's a point, like if, a player is coming to me as a GM and saying, "This is this is happening. I can't I can't deal with this." Then at that point, I need to step in. But as long as like the table is running and they're fine with it, I don't particularly have an issue with that. If that's the way the characters are playing, mm-hmm. like like I know this scenario is probably mostly around a game that I played. No names. No names. No no names. But no yes, names. no names. But in this particular that particular case, there was a character who would basically we're not killing anybody ever and that became a sticking point and uh, i believe i don't think it was ever in a bad situation it was it was it badly affected the, the table but i could see where it could if you know somebody was having fun because they couldn't do the thing they were doing because mm-hmm. one person says no and in that case as a gm i would tell them well then, do what you want to do. Don't you don't have to listen to them. They aren't actually your boss. So Bam says, "Yeet." You say, "Conversation and encourage players to keep their agency and do as they wish." Yeah, for the most part, like there, there is a there is a line where you had to step in the GM and yeah, what Bam said, this character needs to go. Okay, Ash. Yeah, I'm I'm in Team Yeet. I've <laughs> I've been a GM dealing uh, dealing with that. I dealt with it recently actually and i've been a player having to play alongside a character like that and i'm i'll, I'll say uh whenever i play games like shadowrun i'm definitely not one for like mindless carnage you know i the characters i play usually try to minimize you know the damage you know they're not opposed to killing people they're not in the mindless carnage but i have had to spend a 
period of time longer than I would care to admit playing in a team where we absolutely had one of the characters that Zarkara was just describing, where it was just a rule that we don't kill anyone. We don't even maim anyone. We don't do anything to really hurt anybody as long as we can help it. And it was challenging to to come up with ways to solve runs without doing that. But every run ended up being really, really dangerous because of that. And it was like, it's not worth the extra effort and money to go into, you know, not even, again, I can't even like shoot dude in the leg. You know, that kind of thing. You know, it, it, it got pretty ridiculous. That's not fun. So yeah, yeet. 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 Bams, you wanted me to go back to you, and then I'm going to go to Oz. So yeet is under the assumption that all of the appropriate adult conversations have happened to try to come to a peaceful, non-yeeting resolution. (laughs) However, there are always the situations for things like, I want to play a pacifist character. It's like, okay, well... Why is my murder hobo hanging out with your pacifist? Because I tell you what, it's only going to take a couple of times of you telling me murder is wrong for me to murder you. So I had a great experience playing a pacifist with a murder hobo, and it was great. And I thought it was it was fun tension, and we had a good time with it. And so how I, many I think times? It's doable. How many times did you try to stop him from murdering? I didn't because he always did. He always sent me away on some other weird errand. To do his murder. And was your character... <laughs> I always did it uh, without my character knowing. Was your character dumb? Uh, she was not the brightest bulb, no. Okay, that's good. Because there's always that <laughs> D&D trope, right? Of the party's gonna do something, tell the paladin to go buy yeah. us another <laughs> round of beer. And you were yeah. the paladin buying a round of beer while they were getting their murder on. Which I can only imagine... If your character was not a little dim, would have. But also, she was afraid of him because she knew he was a killer. And so, you, as a pacifist, you may have this belief, but you're not going to go tell the crazy killer who's two times bigger than you to stop murdering, because yes, you will end up dead. That's very true. (laughs) So you're going to keep that pacifism belief to yourself, and maybe tell your diary, and that's about it. But in that case. Let me elaborate. In the case where it is a mechanically represented aspect of the game, where, mm-hmm. let's say, you get karma for taking a negative quality mm-hmm. to be that pacifist, and you are voluntarily just walking out of the room because whatever reason it is, but you really, your character is, air quotes, afraid of the murder hobo. Mm-hmm. So... Is your negative quality actually providing a negative thing? Because it sounds in that situation like, let me make the shadow run. In that game, codes of honor are like, you don't kill a certain set of people. But if it's, oh, I don't kill this people, but that's why I have Steve the murder hobo so that Steve can do it. Well, that's not in the spirit of what that mechanical reinforcement is supposed to be. Yeah, that's cheating. Yeah. Um, Saying I am lawful good, but (laughs) I'm going to go get a sandwich while, you know, chaotic evil dude is going to be in the room with the prisoner. And when I come back, I'm going to be willfully ignorant of what happened. Mm -hmm. So I I understand what you're saying. I hear you. Oz, what are your thoughts on uh, this? 
Well, if I am the GM, my first question is, is my table okay with this? Mm-hmm. As in, you know, you've got you've got the den mother, the pack leader, whatever, basically enforcing their will on the table. If they're okay with it, whatever. We'll keep running the game. The leader will continue to intentionally make things difficult for everybody else, and eventually somebody will snap, or the cops will come roaring down, whatever cops may be, because the more complexity you put into a plan, the more chances you have of failure. So, yeah, if and if they do have a problem with it, then my first encouragement is come to terms. If you can't, then, you know, we'll, we'll yote or I'll just bail and go do something else because the last thing I want to do is play nanny to five people at the table who are just bickering with one another. And finally, if they can get a handle on it, they can just, you know, point at, uh, point at the, uh, behind the leader, say, look, what is that? And then when the leader turns around, you hit him with a brick and a sock and then everything is solved and you can all go out for ice cream. I want to talk about one more thing that I see white hats do. I see this happen where, like we just said, they, they have this whole, we don't kill anybody. We, we just, we, we don't kill. That's not what we do. We, we're not about that. Then something happens in the run. It goes sideways. And next thing you know, they're totally fine with shooting the guard. And it seems like they can justify and compartmentalize some situations to still fit within their moral code. And I know Zakara had thoughts on that. I do. And? So, <laughs> so I have, I have, there's two, there's either one of a couple things that is happening here when this happens. Either one, the player is panic mode and has decided that either I have to do a thing and my character is, di- is going to, or my character is going to die or we're all going to die. And this is the only way out. So I'm just going to act out of character, which is, which is fine, I guess, but not, not great. Or the character is doing exactly what y'all want, which is they have succumbed to their darker impulses and have decided that living is more important than not killing that security guard. I'm going to call foul on saying that they've succumbed to what we all want. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm going to call foul They have that. succumbed to the dark Flag side. Flag on the play, sir. Okay, <laughs> thank you for, for reframing that. They, they have succumbed <laughs> to the dark side of this and saying i want to live more than i want than that guy needs to live which mm-hmm. is which is okay it's a great it could be a great story moment like i killed that guy freak out about it later the first thing is arguably worse is is the worst outcome of this because then they are justifying why it's okay to kill this thing with what actually happened is the player is did this thing to preserve their character instead of remaining in character and possibly dying, which is, which is fine. But if you don't, there's no follow up to that. Then I feel like you're doing the character a disservice. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, the other thing could be interesting. Hey, I killed this guy. Oh my God. I killed a guy. It's the first time I've killed anybody. What happens now? Kind of thing. You go through that whole thing. You play it out and that, that's fun. Mm-hmm. But and that justification it also depends if the justification is in character or out of character. They're out of character justifying it, but then you just say no, you did this because you were gonna die, and this is why you do. If it's in character, well, that's also 
character building. The characters trying to justify to themselves why they had to kill this guy, which is great. Does anybody else have any other uh, thoughts on this? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Ash. I would like to clarify that actually, that is exactly what I want. Whenever I have a white hat player, is for them to succumb to the dark side, sort of, kind <laughs> of a little bit. But yeah, that whole idea of um, of you know, oh, they make little uh, concessions for themselves, like oh, I shot the guard, you know, because there was no other way, you know, blah blah blah. That's textbook psychopathy right there. Which is, you know, that's the first step. That's the first step into bringing it back around to my little thesis statement at the very beginning of the episode of coming to terms with what you are. You know, eventually, if you are in the game, you are going to have to do something like that. And, you know, in my opinion, it's better to get that over with sooner rather than later. And it can be great for character development. That happened to one of my characters. After uh, she killed her first person, it was a very traumatizing experience, even though the person that she killed was an absolute monster and definitely deserved to die. Um, it still was very traumatizing and provided some great character development. It, it, I agree it can. I, I agree it can. Uh, Bamps, Oz? Oz likes to hear his voice, so... I have not heard Oz's voice much during this, so either yeah. he's totally not into it, he's distracted by Leland, or he is just reining, reining himself in. I am reining myself in, because this has been some, some wonderful commentary and discourse between everybody here, and I've enjoyed listening to it. You don't want to ruin it by participating? Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. No, I want to hear your thoughts on this, though. On the, okay. rash, on the rationale and compartmentalization that white hats sometimes do when they lose their morality, They're, they swing to the other end, the pendulum goes the other way. Yeah, but do they? Like, Ooh. so um, I'm going to, and unfortunately, I'm going to go a little, little too far out of character. Ha ha! Title drop. In, in, in the real world, there are, I'll, I'll generously call them debates. They're not, you know, you've, mm-hmm. there are a, there's a section of society who swears, you know, they're all about human life. It starts at conception, no abortions. And I mean, they're they're pushing really hard to to not do that. And I'm choosing the abortion one specifically mm-hmm. because these are the same people when they get pregnant or their kids get pregnant, they rush right over and they get the procedure done. They say the only ethical abortion is mine. Some of these white hats are doing the same thing. It was ethical because my life was in danger. And they just keep right on going and they keep just continuing to harp on their their hattiness is the correct one. They're actively denying that dark side that Ash is a gog about. And I agree with that, by the way. It's it's fun. I think some of the best stories told in a game, when you've got a white hat surrounded by uh, black and gray, is how long can they can they stick to that morality before it eats them alive? Because either the streets are going to eat them, or they're going to sink. They're going to sink down to everybody else's level, and they're just going to go right back to scrabbling to survive. Both of those are great stories. And sometimes, sometimes they win. It's a flash in the pan of history. You know, the guy in the ivory tower barely blinks. But they made a difference somewhere. That white hattiness, it worked. But it's very rare. And when you challenge those morals when you when you challenge that it's really it's not even the character making that decision it's always the player behind it and that's where we lose that white hat blacky uh black hat thing mm-hmm. in that 
Black Hat players is like, oh yeah, okay, I don't have to make that decision. I've already made that decision before the game even starts. It's I'm I'm going to take that shot. Whereas the White Hat is going to perhaps deliberate, and then when the character takes the shot because he wants to still play the character, all of a sudden his suspension of disbelief is broken, and he's going back to well, he's still a good person, he's still this, he's still that, and it's no longer the character trying to come to terms with it. It's the player trying to repress that they just became a huge hypocrite. And I think I might be rambling on, but it's okay because you haven't heard my voice. So it's fine. (laughs) Bamps, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Oh man. Many thoughts, many, many thoughts. This goes back to like session zero type stuff, right? Where if you want to play through a character that has that kind of crisis where you are forced to to kill someone because that seems to be the popular line to cross in this conversations. It's the kind of thing that you should talk about with the table because nobody wants to be playing the party of stalwart adventurers and then the first time you get attacked by bandits and the cleric actually kills a person through whatever reasons and then has an existential crisis. It's Nobody wants to, to sit around and wait through that, mm-hmm. you know? or any of the other horrifically traumatic things that happen to people, specifically in D&D games, because I'll point a critical role when several of the characters were captured and pushed basically into torture and slavery. It gets brought up like one other time after that is like a man that really sucked kind of way, and they're like kind of sad about it. But then like, you know, 50 episodes later, the characters have zero change. But that's a that's a whole other problem. But it's like, Everybody has to be in for that kind of experience and growth, because otherwise you're the one character over here, oh, woe is me, and everybody else is like, yeah, dude, I killed three people before lunch, like, it's not that big of a deal, come on. It's something I'm interested in seeing in what happens in our vampire game, because three of the players are significant time vampires, and one of them is not a vampire yet, so it'll be like that first time where that previously mortal character frenzies and murders somebody, I'd be real interested to see what happens. Uh, that's spoilers, by the way, everybody. So <laughs> How is that spoilers? Uh, nobody knew that. Nobody knew that. I didn't given, know that. I knew that. Given the rate at which we released these, I am sure that the first episode or two of Vampire will be out by then. Mm-hmm. At the very least, all of the people that support us on Patreon will be able to see the at current in here in July 10 different recordings we have of things for Vampire we've already recorded. There you go. This will probably be released next month. Hello, future people. This one will? Mm hmm. Oh, well, that seems. Yeah, they're not released in order of recording. Nope. Yeah, well. They are. We'll see what happens. So I'm going to. I'm going to wrap it up again. I have many things I want to say, but cannot. But I want to hear final thoughts on White Hats. I'm going to give you free reign as long as you, you know, don't throw any jabs at anyone. Final thoughts about White Hats. Anything that we didn't touch on? Anything that you dislike or appreciate or anything at all about the White Hat phenomenon at a table? We'll go top to bottom, Ash. Final thought, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with playing a white hat character. I think the most important thing as a player, if you're going to do this, is 
read the room. If you're playing in a setting that is white hat friendly, like we've talked about a lot D&D, go for it. Just make sure your players are down with it. If you were playing in a system that is more hostile towards it, as we have driven Shadowrun into the ground talking about it tonight, just have a conversation with your team, have a conversation with your GM, make sure everyone's cool with it, and just understand that you are going to be playing a white hat in a system that is not friendly towards white hats. Okay. Bamps? I feel like most of the, oh, let's, recent trend, I believe is what you were calling it, has to do with the increased popularity of tabletop games on a whole. Mm-hmm. I can go down to my local Target and Walmart and buy a set of D&D polyhedral dice. Like, it's right out there in the open. Their websites sell the books. I don't, I haven't seen the books in the actual stores, but I haven't looked. I know Target was selling D&D starter or the essentials kits, one if not both of them. Like, it's pushing people more and more into the forefront of seeing that this is a thing. You have the tremendous Kickstarter success that Critical Role had when they raised $10 million and made all kinds of different news articles in places that don't normally carry like tabletop RPG stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And associatedly, D&D is typically their first foray, because it's easy to be like, oh yeah, it's like Lord of the Rings. And then they bring that assumption without realigning themselves to these other, these other settings. A thought I had earlier is that Han Solo, not a white hat character. He's 100% out for himself. He is a smuggler and a scumbag. And if it wasn't for the payday, abandons several of the people at different instances. But, like, he's crazy popular. I had a, a more poignant thing that I was going for there. But, like, when they bring these ideas of people like Lord of the Rings to D&D, they look at the opposite side of those things for, like, those evil parties. They look at the the big, you know mustache twirling villains they're like oh clearly that's what i must be then for if i were to be evil and then they just get those wires crossed as to not really see what makes them makes those media villains bad or the other ones compelling you know because they're i'll point to black panther because that's the most recent one that i can think of killmonger was a very compelling villain because he was doing the right thing for the wrong reasons in the wrong ways but he wasn't wrong he just mm-hmm. was kind of a dick about how he was getting it done. As opposed to somebody like Thanos, who was like, well, I'm going to just murder half the universe instead of doubling the resources, you know. That. But both Killmonger and Thanos were doing things according to their morality. In their mind, they were the good guys. They are the white hat. To a little bit of an extent, I sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like I lost the the train of thought i had there somewhere i think you've also often brought up i mean if i'm going to watch a heist movie Mm -hmm. i want to see the heist movie have issues and problems i don't want to see everything just there's got to be bumps in the road we have to have that tension in there and by the same thing if i'm watching a a crime movie i don't want to see the main character be this upright citizen because that's gonna kind of ruin the immersion unless it's this upright citizen gets dragged into this world kicking and screaming and compromises all of his morals that's a good story but i think a, a crime movie where the person the main character is somebody who never hurts anybody and doesn't do any uh jobs that uh require killing and 
doesn't like to harm anybody or maim anybody. It's like, then what am I watching here? Doesn't make sense. No, I, I agree. For me, something like heist movies is supposed to be more about the characters and their interactions rather than the stealing of a thing. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's fun to see the presentation and all of the ridiculous things that they have planned for or specific reasons they brought one character in or another, but like Ocean's Eleven being one of the more recent slash famous ones or the the story is about Danny Ocean and his relationship with his wife and how they get back together. The the heist itself is backdrop, I guess, to that is the word I want. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it's going on. It's the B plot to their like A plot. Mm-hmm. Which is fine to have multiple plots. Oz, final thoughts. There's nothing inherently wrong with white hats and black hats. I think that the the way that they're played has to be taken into account. So if you're going to play a white hat character in a black hat world, then I am fervently hoping against hope that you are either going to explore the fall of that moral system or work your way around it rather than just being this block of granite in the stream of getting shit done. Hmm. And while, you know, the fall is the interesting part about the story, on the other side of it, the redemption arc is what brings you back up. This is the classic part. You know, you you you've dipped down to your lowest and now you have to rise again. That's what gets people that's what get butts in seats. That's what make people enjoy movies. It's the same thing with the game. And I hope the campaign lasts long enough to where your white hat gets right to the edge of that abyss and either hops in and realizes life just goes on or, you know, trips, falls in and then spends the rest of the campaign clawing their way back out of the muck. That's compelling. That's really cool. But if you're just going to, you got to make it fun. If if you're just going to be like, oh, well, I'm a white hat because it's not fun. Have fun. Break out of your mold. Go do stuff. Go drown a ten-year-old in a bathtub with roof with roof and all cupcakes. It was one of my greatest ideas. Blow up the orphanage. It's okay. They're imaginary children. I mean, <laughs> that did also happen, but that was a separate game. Sakara, <laughs> final thought. Being a white hat can be fun. Don't come to a table filled with black hats and then complain that nobody respects your white hatism because that's not what's going to happen. (laughs) If you are going to play a white hat in a dystopian setting or any other setting that is generally against those kinds of things, then you come to a table with people who also play white hats or are at least know what it is you're doing and accept it. Come with a plan. Because otherwise, you're just not going to have fun. You are going to end up being upset because somebody did something you didn't want them to do, and you have no control over that. And you're going you're gonna to just leave the table upset. Or come to, the, come to the table with a plan. If you want to have a fall arc, like Oz said, plan with that. At least have an idea in your head what that looks like. At least have an idea um, of what triggers that, that fall and what what and whether or not you're going to come back or stay fallen. I mean, those things can be decided in game, but have some kind of idea of what your character is before you come to the table and say, 
we can't kill anybody because I won't. My character doesn't kill anybody, so nobody can kill anybody on this game. That's that's not that's that's not going to go well for you in most cases. <laughs> so <laughs> come come with a plan. Come with people who are accepting and playing that way, especially if, if you are playing in a situation where you you don't get a zero session all the time. I, I as playing on living communities, I will tell you that is not always the case. If you have a zero session, definitely saying the zero session this is my plan because otherwise you will be in for a bad time and that is unfortunate we tried to save you from the living communities (laughs) listen we've had that show already okay (laughs) well i thank all of you for spending uh this time with me to discuss this and i'm very happy that we we kept it without getting any kind of emotions raised because this is a a hot topic and I think that's probably because I kept my mouth shut most of the time and I think it was a good discussion I still have feelings and opinions about this and uh, listening to all of you I I don't think any of them have changed so thank you (laughs) I have a question Hmm. could you just like share all of your thoughts and opinions like right here at the tail end and then we just hard cut and that's the episode Mm -hmm. yeah That'd, that'd be fun I, as far as white hats go, I think if you go into a game saying my moral code as a person keeps me from doing this in character, I think you're really missing out on some great exploration of yourself and you're robbing yourself of that. I think, you know, like I said, I have to be a good law law abiding citizen every day. I want to know what does it feel like what how would i react what would i do what does it mean to be a bad guy to be a criminal like i want to explore a different moral compass and if i'm just holding true to who i am and putting that so much of that into my character i'm never pushing myself or going outside of my comfort zone i'm never really exploring it and the setting, especially if, if the setting's dystopian, I'm never really exploring that setting. I do understand that, yes, the, the fall from grace and redemption arc is wonderful. I, I can appreciate that and I think it's great, but I also feel that sometimes go outside of your comfort zone and, you know, go play in the dark side for a little bit. It doesn't mean you're a bad person because you do it as an entertainment hobby or uh, for entertainment for yourself or because you know oh my gosh you can't go to work on monday and tell people what you did over the weekend was blow up the orphanage because oh my goodness everyone's going to clutch their pearls but you get to explore that yourself and so to to be a white hat and to say no i'm only going to play this way we can't do this i won't do this you're really limiting yourself and I think you, you rob yourself of, of a lot of great experiences. And that's why I don't like the white hat player, especially at my table, because all it does is make me force moral quandary upon moral quandary on you until I find the one that breaks you. Hooray. <laughs> until I find the one that breaks you. I can actually help you out with that. Um... <laughs> Here's what you do. The first session, first Shadowrun, find a way to make them have to drown a 10-year-old c- 
cupcakes and uh, <laughs> one. It doesn't have to be cupcakes. It doesn't. Just, just it has to be something like that. That's all you gotta do. Just rip that bandaid off. Session one. Do you know the reason, or do you want to know the reason why that ten year old had to die? Well, let's get rid of Craig, and we can sit and converse, <laughs> and we can unmute uh, Psychotron, and uh, Grafa can come in, and all of that. Okay, so let me just get rid of him, and then we can have that conversation. Thanks, everybody. It's been Thank a blast. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's been a great episode. Again, thank you all for spending the time with me uh, on this one. And I'm sure we'll have you guys back again.